This is the Thrive Podcast with Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. And now, Pastor Fred Jeff Smith. Hello. Welcome to the Thrive Podcast with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. This is the 32nd edition of our Thrive Podcast. We started in January, and as this is being recorded, it is mid-September. And we're grateful for those of you who have been viewers and or listeners to the Thrive Podcast over this span of time. And I am honored today to have as my guest, Mr. Johnny Jones, known by some of you, I hope, because I'm sure that you all listen to his music, as Johnny Hustle. <laughs> how are you, Mr. Jones? Doing fine, Pastor Smith. How are you doing today? Grateful to have you here with us today. Yes, sir. Tell me about the, the music part. I, I know other parts, and we'll talk about other parts. Tell me about the music part. Tell me about Johnny Hustle. Uh, Johnny Hustle is my uh, stage name. I've been doing music for about 20 years, since I was like a kid or whatever. But um, lately, with the help of different um, management teams that I've been behind, I'm getting more push. And so it's picking up steam. So like being recognized and stuff in the stores and stuff is well, that's great. Yes, yeah, but it's it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good funny. It's a good funny. Well, yes, sir. That's a good thing. Yes, sir. Of course, it also means you've got to be careful what you're saying and what you're doing. Yes. I saw him in the store and he did this and he did that. Don't speak to people and yes, yeah. yes, yes. So you're, you're you're a rapper. Tell me about. I am not a rap fan, so you have to talk to me like I'm a three-year-old. Okay. There are different genres of rap. Yes, sir. What would you call your genre of rap? Mine is more fun and party. Okay. Um, if you can, if you would split it up in three, I would probably split it up in like strictly like hardcore street, you know, rap. Um, right. Then right in the middle of that and like the R&B type, I say it's like more party. You know, upbeat, fun, motivational. I guess you know uh, that type of genre. That's that pretty much me. I I, I have a lot of friends who do like the street side, and mm-hmm. you'll never hear me on the song with them because, <laughs> <laughs> because you know it's just different content. I I try to stick to my content, okay, so it can be more genuine. You consider your content to be upbeat and yeah. inspirational, yes, sir. And aspirational, yes, sir. Okay, that's good. Yes, sir. That's good. And you say you've been doing this for about twenty years. Yes, yes. yes. So then, there's no such thing as an overnight success. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. And it's I don't hard work. I don't believe it's an age limit on music either. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people are like a probably say you too old to be rapping or it's it's you know, music is universal mm-hmm. and i can name four or five rappers off the top of my head who hit after 30 34 30 you know so yes, it don't bother me to uh you know when people say that so i just keep doing it i'm so gonna keep doing it you you chose rap as as your musical outlet why? As, because as, I can't as, sing. As po- <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's about as straightforward yes, an answer as you can get. Because I was going to ask, uh, what about rhythm and blues or what about pop or anything like that? I, I do those. Like, I sit in the studio and I always, like, sit around family and sing the blues. Uh-huh. But you probably never get to record it. And the, to elaborate on that question, the reason why I started, like, writing raps because I had a problem with spelling. And my brother, who was incarcerated, felt like like that was his way of reaching out to me. He used to write me. Okay. And I would continue what he wrote. Okay. You feel, like, he'll write a story, and I'll try to continue that story in okay. a rhyme. Okay. And we did that back and forth for, like, he did a two-and-a-half-year stint at that time when I was between 10 and 11 and 10 and 12. And that's how I really, really started writing my own raps. Okay. <laughs> so you only record your own music? Uh as opposed to somebody else uh, nah. writing something for you? Nah, I, I wouldn't. Nah, that's not genuine to me. Okay, okay. <laughs> but like when you do, when you're an R&B artist, or yeah, you, you sing other people. Yeah, you sing other people songs. And, and as like a that. as a rapper, you know, if somebody presented a song to you, like Pastor Smith, I got this idea. Right. And then I might write some lyrics to it. But as far as you writing how I feel about, uh-huh. nah, it's not gonna happen. So, so in, in t- from your perspective. Rap is more an individual style of expression. I would want to consider it because it's it's not like a it, it's you 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 it, your words are your emotions. Mm-hmm. When you're singing, 
your tone, I feel like your tone and your your notes are more of your emotion or your, what you're trying to get across. But right. when you're actually stating words, I think that's more your emotion. Like that's more your feelings that you will. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to record a hit. I feel hard and bad if I recorded a hit somebody wrote for me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because every night I'm performing this song, and these are not my feelings. I, I think performing is... But doesn't it become your feelings? I mean, you, you're also an actor. And when you act, you're, you're actually portraying somebody else's words on the screen Correct. or on the stage. You don't, you don't have a problem with that, do you? If you want a Tony Award for 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 uh performing on a stage you wouldn't consider that to be uh disingenuous would you no because i'm performing i'm i'm relaying i'm the vessel right you're interpreting exactly. someone else's words could that not be the same and, I, and i'm just asking because i don't know so I, i'm asking the question i i wouldn't maybe it's just a a mindset that been it's in my mind, but I wouldn't want I wouldn't want Pastor Smith to preach something I wrote. And it's funny that you bring that up because that's the, that was the next thought that was going to come into my mind. Uh, I write my own sermons, okay, uh, and and I say that to to emphasize because you might think, well, everybody writes their own sermons. No, they don't. See, a lot of people preach other folks' sermons, uh, uh, and. I was trained in a certain way okay. that it was considered to be uh, theft. Uh, exactly. In school, they called it plagiarism. Yeah. My daddy called it theft. Yeah. You stealing if 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 you take somebody else's sermon and preach it. And yet, I know preachers. I know pastors. I know successful preachers and pastors who don't write their own sermons. So, from that standpoint, the genuine aspect of it I get. But I know that you do stage work. I know that you've done film work. Yes, sir. And in those cases, you are interpreting somebody else's words. I'm just trying to understand what the difference is between those things and, and when you're on stage rapping. I mean, I think, like, when you're, when you're acting, excuse me, when you're acting, the way I may act that scene out is mm -hmm. not the same way say one of my friends, like, I, I act with a guy named Alex, um, Alex Scott. Mm -hmm. He's not going to portray that. Like, it's no matter what. If we're doing two rappers, say the scene involves two rappers, Alex is not going to do it the way I do it. I don't think you can do that. With I think like we're rapping, you can rap a song, and I can rap it exactly the way you rapped it, mm -hmm. but make it sound way better. Mm-hmm. I think that's just disingenuous. I think I don't, because that's, if I say, hey, I am woke up this morning, made me some grits and eggs, went back and laid back in the bed, that's not what you do every morning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if mm -hmm. that's if you relay that to somebody, you know, the kid's going to be like, oh, yeah, well, I eat grits and eggs because that's what Pastor Smith, Pastor Smith don't eat grits and eggs. <laughs> so okay. that's, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't, I don't think you can do that with, Rap lyrics. Now, why would you be able to do it with music, with like singing lyrics? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, because several artists have recorded the same songs over the span of years, yes, and and have recorded them successfully, have have uh, done stellar jobs with it. Uh, uh, Natural Woman, Aretha Franklin, who recently passed. Yes, sir. Uh, it, it was a song written by Carole King, and uh, she wrote it. She said for Aretha. Aretha sang it. But Carol King sang it herself okay. and won awards. And there have been several other people who have sung the same song. Now, the lyrics are the same. And musically, as it's written out, yes, I'm sure it's the same. But there are different musicians. And, and yeah. musicians add their own flavor to it. The vocalist adds their own flavor to it. Yes, sir. I, I'm just trying to, f to figure out the difference. But we'll, we'll leave <laughs> Now, let, let me ask you a different question. Because this came to my, to my mind as you were talking uh, about acting versus rapping. What do you think has been the reason why so many successful rappers have been able to uh, translate that talent into acting? We have several uh, actors and actresses uh, who started off in rap yes, sir. and made the move to film and, and some even to stage and have done very well. What do you think accounts for that kind of transition? For the same reason, like when, when you're writing, 
it's just when you, when when I'm writing certain songs, like you actually have to get into a character. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's certain songs that I would not walk around that I've recorded. I wouldn't walk around rapping all day because at that time that's how I felt. I don't feel like that no more. So it's like a lot of songs I don't even like performing, but those are people they they like those songs. With acting is so much different because you can always be a character forever. For instance, like you was alluding to like rappers who become actors. I think Tupac is a way better actor than he was a rapper. Okay. <laughs> you know, like the the way he wasn't Tupac on scene, that's what's crazy to me. Like he really looked like he can act. I give you another person. I just saw Kendrick Lamar in power. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. Dude really can act, but he's a rapper. And then when you listen, it made me go back and I never really listened to Kendrick Lamar's album. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to Kendrick Lamar for like two months now. Okay. Like, because you see the energy and the, other than what's on radio, his energy is way different. Mm-hmm. He has a positive energy. So it's like, when I saw him acting, it's like, oh, like he he's really deep. Mm-hmm. And I think to be, to be a, I don't think all rappers can be actors. Just but like you've got, but you've got a number of them who have made the Ice T, Ice Cube. Exactly. Uh, so if you uh, listen Ludacris, to the Chris, uh, uh, Common. Com- oh yes. Uh, Queen Latifah. They have all uh, Will Smith. They all started Fifty in, Cent. In Fifty Cent. They all started in rap and they made the transition to acting. Every person you just named, albums are hot because they deep. It's not. I mean, Lil Jon been in the movie, but you're not about to watch a movie starring Lil Jon because we know, just like in his rap, all Lil Jon make is party music. So mm-hmm. you're probably only going to see Lil Jon in party films. Will Smith, <laughs> like, all you know, like, all people in my, like, I was about to try to name some Will Smith songs, but I don't think nobody in our generation going to know. This is a story all about how my life got They don't even know that's a song. That's not, a, that's not an intro to a, that's not an intro to a, yeah. that is an actual song. It is the only rap that I know, by the way. Um, I, I have given you the extent of my rap repartee, uh, or, or repertoire. Parents just, parents just don't understand. Right. That is a dope song. You know, it wasn't, it, it was a story. Mm-hmm. Like, it's deep. So, like, DMX was a good actor to me. And still probably could be a good actor if he, you know, get his life together. Right. Because he's he's a deep artist. Right. I don't think shallow artists can be great actors. These are great actors. Every every rapper going to be in a movie. But they're not deep enough to, to translate to me to the big scene like you're talking about. Like, the big, big actors, mm-hmm. you know. Even to Tretch. I like Tretch as an actor. Never listened to his music until I realized he was an actor. <laughs> I didn't even like Naughty by Nature. <laughs> until I was like, Tretch, cool. And when you listen to his music, like, oh, dude, deep. So. Okay. Okay. You rap. Uh, you act. Uh, I met you through Terrence Turner. Who, yes, sir. Who is the producer of this podcast and serves as the minister to our audiovisual work here at Shiloh. Uh, tell me how your spirituality plays a role in your rap performance. Um, well, since um, since like 2016, I actually been associated with Terrence and the audio and visual at Shiloh. And um, it's, it's Lately, spiritually, it's, it's changed my music so much because I don't even record a lot of music no more, Pastor Smith, because it's like there's nothing that I would want my kids to actually <laughs> pull up to anywhere to, you know, really listen to. So, like, I still I still release those feelings and energy on paper, but, like, lately, it's a lot of songs that I haven't been releasing. So, since you asked that question, I got a song out now that we cannot say the name over this podcast. Okay. But it's like heat. Like it's 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 like people are demanding it. And it's like lately it's like, well, it's a couple of shows that I have to turn on because I don't really want to go to those places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't want to and um spiritually it is it's it's affected a lot of song that I've been writing in is really going to be displayed in my next project because like it's I feel it I feel myself changing you know I feel 
myself going in a different direction musically and, you know, personally. So mm -hmm. being around this environment is not just you. <laughs> just being around this shallow environment is is affecting me f for sure musically, not just personally and spiritually. There are people who are making a living in what they call Christian rap. Okay. And, and some churches embrace it. Uh, I'm, I'm not all the way there yet. Not, okay. not because I have a problem with rap, but, well, I, I'm just not all the way there yet. Yes, sir. Are you familiar with Christian rap? Yes, sir. And, and, and what's your feelings about that? Um, and I wasn't prepared for that question. It's, it's a couple of guys that I ran into that are, like, nice Christian music, like, rappers on none to come off the head right now, and that's crazy. But I'm not in opposed to it. It's some of it that seemed bland to me. Mm -hmm. It's like reaching, kind of. It's like, okay, is that just, you just doing it just for Christians, or are you doing it? But it's just, some of it's lacking emotion to me, honestly. It's like, some of it is like reaching to some kind of crowd or some kind of, you know, come up. If commercializing. You, yeah, commercializing. Yeah. But it's been a couple of songs where um, I don't I don't think you can all the way just just not give something back like like if you've been on that side of the fence like the non-Christian side of the fence I think your music even if you're doing a Christian song it should kind of just you know what I'm saying draw into mm -hmm. to us like. Or to people like that you're trying to, I, I feel like they should be more a vessel for people that they're that they were most like at first. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's been a couple of Christian songs I've been hearing. It's like no nobody praises God that much, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bro. You cannot tell me that's not you reaching, bro. You reaching. I don't even think Chris is gonna believe you when they hear the song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. That's funny the way you did that. <laughs> but DMX and I reached DMX is one of the people that you would be like, I can believe you don't pray every day. Mm -hmm. But I believe when you do pray, you probably cry. You probably feel remorse. You probably mm -hmm. is. So you mm -hmm. kind of tend to believe, you kind of tend to make DMX kind of becomes your media, your media to. Maybe I need to change my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of hard, and I, maybe I'm just speaking for me, but I, I've sat around a couple of guys that, that's, you know, on that fence at this point in time in life, in our 30s, mid-30s, they're like, dog, it might be a little bit more bigger than what we're doing tonight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's your feelings about what they call spoken word? I, which I, Which I consider to be... A form of poetry, yeah. Uh, which rap is a form of, yes, of poetry, rhythm just, poetry, just without the music. Without the music. So, I, I'm just wondering, what, what, what are your thoughts about? It? I, I enjoy, um, with everything. I, I think everything, every, every, everything I see I always have an extreme that I don't agree with. Okay. <laughs> of course, but I don't think they're they're technically. I think they get more hype because it's spoken word and it's not done over music. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like Common could be a spoken word, and I probably listen to Common more than than more people because you know, of course he's he was a rapper. But right. the spoken word thing is, I haven't heard too many people that's like different. Like every time somebody's speaking a spoken word, it's it's like either. And I'm just talking about people that I listen to. Sure. Or I heard like at different clubs around here, it's either black revolutionary right. type, or it's uh, the we in love type. It's like I I never heard no like spoken word like life changing. Mm -hmm. And you know, and that's what that's what I think I I, I want to like like steam like build steam behind. A new genre for music. Like I want people to understand it's a it's a music just for life changing. Mm -hmm. Like I want people to start making music to motivate people, and you know, because it's I'm a rapper, right? But I also have a nine to five, right? <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? You so do. I don't want to wake up and be listening to had to kill another person tonight. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to hear that either. You know what I'm saying? I so I want my children. And I think I think we'll. 
as people that's you know transitioning in life, you know that'll be a good thing to for for people to like come to music. Like like you say, you're not a big rap rap fan, but mm -hmm. if you knew, okay, well Johnny dropped the album and it was really about okay, well spoken word over music. Yeah, I, I watched one of your uh, one of your videos. Uh, and, and I thought it was cool. Uh, the shirt being off, and of course, <laughs> you got the physique to cover the shirt being off. But th there was an energy to it. My biggest problem with rap is that, and I don't know if it's just that I'm slow on the pickup, I can't always understand what's being <laughs> said. And that's not just on you. That's almost anybody. Yes, sir. Uh, I, and, and perhaps I just can't hear it because they yes, speak sir. it so quickly and what have you, and I have to listen to it more than one time in order to, get the, to get the whole thing. Uh, but I, I find the energy of, of rap music and the energy, especially among young people, uh, to be uh, a very fascinating thing to, to watch. And I, as I say more and more as we do these podcasts, I started this podcast because I am a seeker. I'm trying to find different ways of communicating to people that would not typically walk into Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church for a worship experience or a Bible study. Yes, and so when I see the energy that uh, uh, rap music uh, generates among young people, I'm looking at it from a clinical standpoint. I'm trying to figure out how can I generate that same kind yes, of sir. energy for spiritual things, for, for Christ. And, and that's not a put down to what you're doing. Yes, it, it's just different. And I'm trying to see how I can, how I can grab that energy and, and make that energy something that's a part of what we do here. And um, I think working with artists like myself wouldn't, that, that are like speed up, or that will actually, I know, I know it will assist what you're trying to pull out of us, you know? Mm -hmm. And speaking of Terrence, Terrence do it to me all the time. Hey, Johnny, I got this idea. Da, 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 da. Two days later, man, that song nice. Or oh, that song's, and it's, it's be strictly off something he told me. Mm -hmm. And like, again, Terrence is like my, <laughs> he's my like filter to transitioning from like being rough around the edges and, mm -hmm. You know, you might want to dress like this. You might want to come like this. You know, when when somebody speak, you might want to do this. You mm -hmm. know, and that's he he. Anytime I come up to like a, a unfamiliar environment, that's what he does, and translate it to, to music. He'd be like, "Man, that song tight, but you know, you can not curse here. You can do this, and it'll be a way better song." And mm -hmm. then you go back and change, it, and it's like, "Okay, that was dope." <laughs> so you know, it's energy. Is is my is my energy right? But you know, I I wouldn't. I think I think what you're saying is is totally possible. You can pull that out of someone to assist in bringing, you know, the young people even closer. And I think that's one of my. I really think that's one of my callings. You know what I'm saying? To actual like to to draw people mm -hmm. and you know do it in different ways and, and I, I really haven't started doing it in music. I really, you know, do it mostly like in my personal life with even with my job. Like I, I always inspire people kids like, man, just go get a trade. Right. Like, that's way better than sitting over here. Right. <laughs> Not doing yeah. 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 So you you may mention the fact that, that while you perform you do have a nine to five yes, job. And I happen to know that that at least one of your jobs has to do with an air conditioning business, yes, uh, uh, and you do a wonderful job. You have saved us here at the church several times yes, and, and several thousands of dollars, and I'm grateful for that. You have a, a, a strong work ethic. Do you think that that same work ethic exists pervasively among young people? And if not, why not? Um for different motives, different reasons. Um, I, I think I'm, I come from the last, one of those last, I gotta get out of this environment generations. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of kids not growing up in an environment to where they wanna get out of it now. A lot of people are embracing, let's stay on this level type and mm -hmm. not to shun or, you know, look down on anybody. But when I was coming up, 
as a group of kids, we used to be like, oh, dog, we got to go cut some grass. We got to do something today. <laughs> like, my mom not going to give me another dollar. Yeah. <laughs> and Mr. Bobo just got some more Dixie Cups out the freezer. Yeah, I got you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember Dixie Cups very well. <laughs> and so, like, even now, even now with my kids, my kids don't. My son loves working. My oldest son loves working. My youngest son hates it. He don't. It's not what it's up to him. Mm -hmm. And but that's the general. That's that's how they grew up. So to answer your question, I think it's, I think it's still alive. I just think it's not tapped into. I think everything is so is giving so much mm -hmm. to to kids and everything. And I was one of those spoiled kids until my daddy was like, okay, well, I think the fun's running out, son. You need to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it took me a while. I'm I'm 35. Yes, sir. So it took me a while. I, it wasn't no overnight. Nothing has been over the none, none of the transition from being a crybaby, spoiled baby, as my brothers and sisters would tell you, to, you know, being a different person, you know. And it's embraced. And like I say, being around Shiloh is also so you have you have some you have you you got the chemistry around here. It's just I know you're seeking. I am seeking. <laughs> you seek. Yes I am. Uh have have we because I'm 20 years ahead of you. You see, you're 35. I'm about to turn 57. Has my generation pushed too hard on your generation about education, about about college and and postgraduate, uh, as opposed to what you said a few minutes ago, telling younger people go get a trade. It's better than just sitting around here doing nothing. H have we made too much of, of the college thing, in your opinion? I think college spoiled everybody on, because that's the only thing you're thinking about after 12th grade. All you're thinking about is passing a test to get into school that you know nothing about, that you, so many people, and so many people failed at college that I thought I was being right by not just going, not knowing it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother avenue. Mm -hmm. um, and not just trade schools, apprenticeship, period. Mm -hmm. Like, it's guys that's in high school. It's a guy that I knew in high school. He can draw well. So I hooked him up with a painter on the weekends. Now, he, he's a painter. Dude, he's like 22 or 23 now. Mm -hmm. and man, I, he paint. Now he's going back to trade school for different things. I just think not just the generation. I think the, it was the school system also. I just, it's not enough home ec. It's not enough shop. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting that you say that, and I find that a, a very fresh perspective. Yeah. Because there was home ec when I was, was. in school. There was shop. They called it industrial arts Okay. Uh, when I was in school uh, at Southern Lab, yes, where, where I found out that, that you went yes, to school sir. also. 2001. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, well, way, way, way later <laughs> than me. But... Uh, somewhere along the way, those things were dropped. Uh, uh, you, you, you don't have home economics in the typical high school anymore. You don't have shop. And, and what you have are Votech schools that yeah. are especially devoted to that. Yes, sir. Uh, but I understand that, that uh, there's a move to uh, develop a high school, if it has not already come online, that has a Votech uh, Curriculum, yes, sir. Uh, attached to what what it is that they are doing, but for so long, the the thrust was get a college degree. Yeah, uh, high school's not enough. A high school diploma's not enough. You have to get a college degree. I had th there was never a question in my mind that, you were going that I was to going to college. <laughs> my parents made that abundantly yes, clear. I was going to college. And not only was I going to college, my father told me which college I was going to. <laughs> well, what no choices yes, out sir. there. I'm going you're going here. Yes, and 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 uh, uh, my sister was the same way. My brother had the same opportunity. My brother chose to well, he, he rebelled okay. and he ended up going into the military. Okay. Uh, but those were the options, you know. Uh, clearly high school was not enough. Okay. Uh, I still believe a high school diploma is not enough. Uh, but I don't know if I'm as firmly convinced that every kid has to go to college yeah, in order to be I successful. I, that's that's is high school isn't enough. But once you started tapping into skills and manual labor, 
experience is different mm -hmm. because I wouldn't know how to relate it to college. But if if you come out of if I come out of high school and I start some kind of robotic business and I actually have good sales over two or three years. Right. And uh, somebody graduates from such and such college and they've been there for four years. And right. we both apply for the same job. Right. How is there any more qualified because they have a piece of paper say I went to a class for three years and they showed me right how to do this instead of this guy who like I got my own right like, I actually sold these right. <laughs> these are mine part of the problem is 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 the the fear that our entrepreneurship will not be enough to allow us to succeed okay. without the degree See, the, 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 the traditional plan of going to college, getting a degree, and getting a job meant that somebody else was paying you. Yes, sir. You, you, you got a yes. job in somebody's firm, in somebody's corporation, in, on, in somebody's plant, and you got to the place where you were earning a good middle-income uh, uh, chunk of change. Yes, sir. And you had benefits, and you had insurance, and, and you had a retirement plan, job and all security. the other kinds of job security. Yes, sir. Family security. Yes, sir. You, you, you're able to, to make a loan so that you can buy a house. And and, also, and and the kid over here, without the college degree, had to depend upon his wits and his tenacity and his commitment to succeed. And, and in, in the business world, they call that entrepreneurship. Yes, sir. And, and not everybody had the same level of entrepreneurship or the drive yes, sir. in order to do that. Yes, sir. And, and so what happens to that kid who does not have the degree and also does not have the drive? Then, then, then he's caught in this quandary. Yes, and, sir. And, and he becomes uh, a person that somebody else has to take care of. He's the 40-year-old still living at home with yeah. his parents yes, sir. Uh, in the same room that he grew up in. <laughs> and, and, and that's the picture that has been painted. Okay. But what I'm starting to see is that the pressure that we have put on people that you have to go to college and that you have to succeed is not always beneficial. Correct. It, 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 it sometimes has proven to be harmful to people who really weren't cut out to go to college. To go to college. Yes, sir. I, and I... I was one of those persons. I just, once I got there, I just, I knew that's why, like, this is why I didn't want to come here because it wasn't, it was so self-driven and I wasn't that person at the time. Mm -hmm. Like, you couldn't tell me, hey, you have to be to class for 7 o'clock. My mama dropped me off my whole high school career. Yeah. Like, if she wouldn't have dropped me off, I probably wouldn't have went then. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, those persons, you know, that's that's a kind of hard thing to, 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 like, relate to them or to, I just, I don't think everybody built for it. I don't think everybody needs to go. It's certain people that don't. Like, you just need to, like, go ahead and put them in the workforce because mm -hmm. that's what type of person or people they are. Mm -hmm. And um, even myself, I do AC work, um, certified technician. The business part is not my forte. I hate it. Don't like it. I love talking to customers. But as far as, like, doing the paperwork, keeping up with this and that, that's not my forte found somebody that me and him clicks. <laughs> so you networked. Yeah. And you found somebody who could complement your skill. Exactly. Your skill is is in one area yes, or sir. a couple of areas and his skill is yes, or sir. her skill is in a, is in a different area. Exactly. And you all married those skills together and formed your own company. Yes sir. Well, that's entrepreneurship. <laughs> and 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 that's something to be applauded. That's exactly. something to 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 uh, congratulate you on doing. The problem is the kid who recognizes I have this skill, but I don't have that, but I ain't doing nothing to find anybody it, to help me with that skill either. And I ain't going to school. <laughs> well, he can sit on the sideline. I'm not sitting on the sideline. If, if You know, that's just like a sports trans translation. If maybe you got a quarterback that can throw, it's a perfect LSU. Maybe you got a quarterback to throw and a quarterback to run. If it's third and one, you might want to put the quarterback that can run in just so we can. <laughs> I got you. You know, have that option. But I got you. Um, so how do we foster that kind of drive uh, for the kid? Okay, you don't want to go to school. I understand that. And school is becoming so much more expensive. And and parents 
uh, are having a harder and harder time paying for their children yes. to go to school. So I think more and more, if, if, if not for philosophical reasons, for pragmatic reasons, people are saying, okay, well, you don't have to go to school, but you can't sit on my couch and play Xbox okay. all day. <laughs> okay. You got to do something else. How do we foster that kind of drive in, 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 in young people? You... I, I, I would look in your eye and tell you this. I think that has more to do with pride. Because I think it's more prevalent in men. I don't think you'll have a problem with so much more with females. We're like, look, if I teach you this, if you if you learn this, you will get this. Mm -hmm. I don't see females go after what they want. It's not too many guys that are going to be in my situation. Like when I was in AC school, I also worked for an AC company. So the money that I was making for the work that I was doing, a lot of people were like, bro, I wouldn't work there. I wouldn't work there. But I knew learning under these people, mm -hmm. once I finished learning, 10% of what these people know with my drive, there's no mountain that, that we can't climb. Mm -hmm. Then I get to the paperwork part, okay, now I got another. <laughs> I'm going to have to swallow my pride and say, okay, well, I'm going to split this with you. Right. Or just like I here had to swallow this pride and say, okay, well, I'm going to work with you on this. I think... It's it's a it's if if we get more of our young guys to realize that we can all help each other, mm -hmm. I think pulling that energy out of those type of people won't be that hard, you know, because because you have more examples, you have more motivational tools. Mm -hmm. Terrence is a motivation to me. He's my age. Also, uh, brother Fuller mm -hmm. is a motivation to me because of how he carries himself as a man, how he does his family. But it takes pride to sit back and say, okay, well, I don't do this right. I need to tap into this. It, those people that are still on that sideline, Pastor Smith, it's, I think that's I think that's the biggest thing. I think it's, they wasn't taught, look, as a man, you're going to have to swallow some. You're going to have to win some. You're going to have to lose some. But mm -hmm. the ones you lose, you have to learn from. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think those kind of guys are still on the sideline. You got the people, like you say, that want to do the entrepreneurs that don't have the talent. You got people that got the willing to work that's not good entrepreneurs. Then you have those ones in the middle that's just not going to say, okay, who can I look to to help? Or who? Or when somebody offer you help, mm -hmm. am I going to accept it? Right, <laughs> right, right. You know, a Burger King job is not bad if you don't have a job. <laughs> yes, I don't care what nobody... I worked at Toys R Us overnight making $8 an hour. I was 26. Yes, sir. I was in school because I knew it was more... You're going to have to swallow it. And that's, I honestly think... I don't think nobody's incapable or whatever. Incapable? What's the word? Incapable. In, I don't think anyone is incapable. I think they're not tapping. And sometimes you do need somebody to put it out of... But as black men, I think every black man on earth, every man on earth has the ability to sit back and say, I need help. Mm -hmm. Where can I get it from? I don't, think it, I don't think you should put the responsibility on making all of us great men on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think that, that sometimes we get locked into a certain model, and we think that that model is the only one that generates success. Okay. And I'm learning that there's more than one path yes, sir. to success. And because someone chooses a different path does not mean that they don't want to be successful. Yes, sir. By the same token, there are others who are simply pretending and, and, and they, they really have no drive yes, at sir. all. And they think that if they just follow a certain formula, that following the formula is going to give them the success that they want. Yes, sir. And then they're frustrated because, well, yeah. okay, I, I followed the formula. I went to school. I, I did this. I did that. I did everything y'all told me to do, and I'm still struggling. Well, you're struggling because you don't have the, indiv yeah. the individual drive yeah, that, that, that you are describing. Yes, Nobody's going to give you anything <laughs> in, in, in this world. They'll give you a diploma. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But, but as far as, as the success that you want to have, you're going to have to go out there and you're going to have to make your own way in yes, order sir in order to do that. Uh, you, 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 you went to Southern Lab. Uh, I went to Southern Lab too. Graduated from Baton Rouge but I, I spent my first nine years at Southern Lab. Uh, so you were a part of a school experience where you all were really small, <laughs> small, small class sizes, 
a small school altogether. I believe that uh, they're not a thousand students at Southern Lab between K through 12. Probably not. Uh, so, did you see that as beneficial to you in that you could generate totally. more attention from from teachers, instructors, uh, administration, things of that sort? Totally. I think going to Southern Lab really magnified teenage lessons because, like, you, it was, everybody was, it was so small, but everybody was different. Everybody, like, I was, I figured... I thought my niche at Southern Lab was the the little hoodlum. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because my mom and daddy ate tuna fish and poking beans to keep me in that school. But I think that was the best investment ever. And um, I think Southern Lab is. I think it was just so personal. You knew you knew every teacher. My dad went to school with two of my teachers. <laughs> um, it, I, I think the, the benefit was being the, the the small was the benefit because it was so personal. And, um, other than that, the, the environment as far as the, being held accountable because you, like if you failed a test, <laughs> everybody knew. everybody knew. <laughs> I understand. So it was like I think it, and it helped it helped you more. In I think that that's one of the biggest assets of my life, honestly, and I'm, I'm lost for words because I'm sitting there thinking, like, I think that's the best investment my dad ever made that's great. sending me to that school. That's great. Yes, sir. And you, you have respect for the fact that they had to sacrifice in order to do that. Yeah. I think I'll be way worse. I would have been way behind an eight ball going to another school. Mm -hmm. And it's not nothing against the school, whatever school I would have went to. It's just, I'd have been another P in the pod. Yeah. I, but at Southern Lab, it was like, I had friends who were like, you know what I'm saying, you studying tonight? You doing this tonight? Uh, Miss By Miss Harris knowing my daddy, it wasn't no, t I wasn't going to miss no <laughs> no class, no test. No why, why Johnny wasn't in school? Yeah. Or they standing in the back. Uh... <laughs> it's one of the things that you miss. Uh, when I was in Southern Lab, you, you had some teachers who actually went to church here. So they, they they saw my mom and daddy every Sunday morning. So you you weren't gonna be doing yeah. no whole lot of stuff. Yes, sir. Uh, and and so it 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 was a family atmosphere that I that I think proved to be beneficial to so many people. And I went through a lot of like things while I was at Celeb. I was um trans coming from seventh grade to eighth grade. I was in the house fire, and um I got burned and everything and. It was crazy how all my classmates reached out, no matter the age. Like, it had high school guys who reached out to me, you know, because we were so, everybody nice. was in the same building. So yeah. it was like, I, I didn't even know it was like, John Simon, uh, Ulysses, I mean, um, Arbor Jones. They were on the football team. So I'm like, Arbor Jones just called me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, it was so personal. But, um, yeah, they 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 helped me through that situation a lot, and that That's was good. yeah, that was that was nice. That's good. But you know, green and gold. <laughs> Hail to the old Southern kids, faithful, <laughs> yeah. loyal, and bold. We will always pledge allegiance to the green and gold. So I, I I know all of that stuff. Yeah, we we only had to learn it for graduation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, you're making your way in Baton Rouge. Do you think that Baton Rouge is where you want to live the rest of your life? No you're doubt. St you're still a young man. No doubt. Okay. No doubt. I, I'm, I'm going Terrence, to... I finally got one who said yes. Because I, I asked this question of, of most of my guests, and most of them say, no, I, I can't stay here. And, so. and no disrespect to none of your guests, I hate it that you would take the gift that this environment has to survive in this environment, mm -hmm. people in this environment need to see that. And there's no way in the world, if I make it, that I would leave and do that from a distance. I'm not saying I'm gonna like die here, mm -hmm. like die in the streets or something like that, but not that. I'm saying like, if and when I become that success story, mm -hmm. I'm gonna be in the community as much as a pastor. 
<laughs> it's, you know, like that's going to be my, that's going to, that's what I'm shooting for. I don't want to be successful because I want this big dumb house and these cars. I want my kids to be like, okay, my dad has started something. We need to keep it going. And I want them to reach out to different kids and keep that going. Like, I, 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 I see different. Yes, I see different pictures from old. I saw the old mall picture, mm-hmm. like from an aerial view. Mm-hmm. It was way smaller, mm-hmm. but it was so much more to me because at that time that was the biggest thing in the city. Everybody embraced it and they took care of it. Why don't we take like everybody see the mall closing? Like I'm not going to the mall. Blah blah blah. Why don't you actually shop at? The, do you know how old I am? I, I'm old enough to remember when they built that mall. And now I'm watching it close. <clears throat> the first, when I was a kid, there were two primary shopping centers. There was Delmont Village up yes, on sir. Plank Road, uh, which was very different then than it is now. Uh, in fact, the only thing that's still left from the original Delmont Village is Piccadilly. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else has changed. And there was Bon Marche. And and Bar Marche was not a mall; it was a shopping center. Okay. They converted it so. into a mall, and it became the place to shop until they built Cortana. Cortana. And Cortana was built when I was 14 or 15 years old. Okay. So over the past 40 years, I have watched Cortana become the place in Baton Rouge, to becoming a place that uh, that, that, that that's about to close up and mm-hmm. and shrivel up and die. Economics have changed greatly in this yes, city, and a lot of it has to do with uh, uh, where certain people live. Yes, you know, make, make make no bones about it. As as white people moved further south and further east uh, yes, towards right. towards Denham Denim. Springs and towards Gonzales, and moved north, Zachary. Central Central yes, and Zachary, Cortana got left behind. Yes, sir. And and uh, the the People who came in behind did not have the same economic ability Draw. in order to to maintain the the the, the strength of, of that shopping and so it's going away. I fear the same thing is going to happen tomorrow in Louisiana. Uh, Eventually, yeah, because it's it's doing the same thing. It's dying and then out. and then it's not just that, but but with, with Mall of Louisiana's concern. People's shopping habits have changed so so much between Amazon and internet yes, shopping. Sir. I don't go to the mall very often. In fact, I've, I pride myself on the fact that I've, I've gone what four Christmases now without ever having set foot in the mall and never having and never having to miss anything because I haven't set foot in the mall. I, so those kinds of things have changed. Yes, sir. Um, I don't go to the mall. Yeah. <laughs> Period. But um it's it's still it's I mean, it's still ways that that you can still, you know, be of the you know, this side or this community. And I I, I think the more successful people we have in this generation mm-hmm. that actually go back to doing it. I mean it's it's different ways, even if a couple of you know successful guys reach out. There's different ways to save them all to make it something for still for us. Yeah. You know because yeah. I mean I understand it was open for this community. Yes. So I mean it's, it's certain things you got to take pride in to kind of want to shoot to keep. Yeah. You know even the parks around here, like it's it's different ways and I'm <laughs> if it just takes me I'm a, I'm gonna be one of the. The five well, starters. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, it, it takes money. Yeah. And uh, in too many cases, people of color uh, who have been financially successful have invested their dollars in, in places other than within their own communities. Uh, now, you know, if, if you ain't got nothing to invest, then can't yeah. nobody expect anything from you. Exactly. But for those who have uh, achieved a certain, deg- a certain level of economic success, uh, you would hope that uh, some sense of, of pride and concern for your community would cause you to want to reinvest in your community. Now, you, you know, the other side of that is you can't tell me how to spend my money, exactly. and you're right, I can't. But but I can suggest that your community would benefit yeah. if you could find a way to to invest some of your dollars back into that and community. A lot of a lot of people want to see see the investment too. A lot of people don't believe, like, if uh, if I donate to this cause, if I donate to this fund, 
somebody might benefit from five years from now. Mm-hmm. You might not see, you might not even be alive for your investment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's the pride and, the, like you say, the responsibility and the concern in, okay, doing my part, no matter if it benefits me or not now. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's that's the biggest thing, you know. And I I feel like I'm a... I'm an investment. Like, you know, my like you say, my, like I was saying, my mom, my dad, you know, did what they had to do to keep right. me in a situation where they thought was going to benefit me. Right. So it'll, it'll be real lazy of me <laughs> not to invest likewise, you sure. know, in somebody else's life. And not just my kids, you know, just, you know, not just my kids, but the community, period. Yeah. You know. Your youngest uh, child is Carter. Yes, sir. Fine young man. <laughs> I, I love it every time you bring him around. As Carter grows up, what is it that you would like Carter to know about his father? How, how would you like Carter to perceive you? Mistakes isn't the end of... Isn't, isn't the end of the process. Like, if you make a mistake in something or if you come to a brick wall... It's something on the other side of the wall. So and you can always bounce back from mistakes. I was always the person to make a mistake and cry or pout for two or three days. You know, I'll get back to it, mm-hmm. but I wasn't, my recovery <laughs> wasn't the best. Um, and I, I don't want my sons especially to, to deal with that. And so now, even with Carter, it's like, you know, I, he's only one, you know, I, I tap him every now and then, but I let him touch fire. You know, I want him to start learning right now that, okay, that's hot, but you also use this to cook. Right, <laughs> right. Like, everything is not bad, but, you know, you can't look at everything like it's sugar either, so um, I want him to know from my personal experiences that you're going to make it mm-hmm. if you stay in the race. Mm-hmm. If, you see, if you're not in the race, <laughs> You can't. You're never gonna win. Yeah. So just just stay in the race. Don't don't ever take your name out the race. Don't ever take. Don't ever not. Don't ever not take advantage of any opportunity, no matter how small the seems. No matter if it's um, doing a podcast with Pastor Smith or you doing a CBS World Nightly News interview with <laughs> such and such. With whoever's there. Yeah. Whoever's next. there at the time. Yeah. So. Well, I appreciate your taking the time to come and share with us today. No problem. It has been a wonderful conversation, and I look forward to continued uh, uh, relationship with you as we go down the road. I appreciate Thank everything you, you have. Thank you for viewing. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next time.